we're so glad that you guys are here worshiping with us again this morning. And if you're listening online right now, just welcome. Um, I'm really excited about this because I kind of want to give a shout out. Um, you know, we've been we've posted our last two preview services online, um, our sermons online to listen to, and we've had like crazy things happen, like people listening all over the United States, listening in Alaska, to even somebody listening to our sermons in Kazakhstan, okay, which is right above Afghanistan, and I'm just like, what in the what? Like, how did this even, pop? like, how did you hear about Shift Church? And I just, I just want to say, listen, if you're, if you're listening in Kazakhstan or in Alaska or wherever you're listening at, if you would please give us a shout out, go to our website, get my email. And let me know your story, and because what we so believe that you know, I just see a number on a screen, but I know that number has a name, and that name has a unique story, and so and I, we would love to know your story. Um, but you know, this, that's just like really exciting to think about that here we are. You know, what is there? Fifteen people in this room, but there's people listening all over the world. That just mind blowing. But it's in this this crazy idea that it's like somebody's listening to us on the other side of the world. It's just crazy. So contact us, all right? But two weeks ago, we started this new series called Storymaker. Right? And it's been, it's been really fun But um, as I've been preparing for this. But like we all know that every one of us loves a good story, right? That's why we love watching TV shows like The Walking Dead. That's why we like watching like my, one of my favorite shows right now is the show Scorpion. It's where a bunch of nerds save the world. And because, you know, go nerds, you know? But we love TV stories. We love it when the, when the story or the plot thickens, right? We get hooked on that one. When, like, we see something that just, it, like, we didn't see that coming. We're, 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 we're in there. Like, we're in the story, and we can't get away. We love stories. We get drawn into stories, right? Some of our families, some of, we have oral traditions where we like, where, you know, things are passed down. Stories are passed down. I told you last time the story of my grandmother and the headless man. It was just like this... You know, we have these stories that we love, but, you, but then we come to church and you hear somebody like me say, go share your story. And you're like, like, what does that even mean? Like, do I write a book? Do I, get, do I make a YouTube channel and vlog my life? Shout out to um, Daily Bumps. Me and Lyric watch you guys all the time. I don't know if you ever listen to this, but I mean, if somebody's listening to Kazakhstan, surely you guys can listen to it. But, you know, like, should I, should I blog my life? You know, do I, do I call CNN and have them do a big news story on me? Or do I just go into work and live out a story that shares this message of Christianity to the world? Right? And I think the reason that a lot of us, we, that we don't tell our stories, which, which really does make us in, in like, like ineffective for the kingdom, is that we just kind of bought in to this church, church Christian culture to where we come sit in rows we put some money in the offering plate, which isn't a bad thing, okay? We, 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 we listen to the sermons, and then we go home. And then we think we've bought into that. That's what we to do, but that's nowhere found in the Gospels. Nowhere found in the Gospels. We're called to share our stories. And what we started to do is two weeks ago is that we started telling the, the story about the woman who had the blood issue, right? And we told it from two different angles. The first one is, here's this woman who has suffered for years. Suffered for years with this blood condition. And, you know, when the Bible, we talked about when the Bible says suffering, and like, yeah, it was a physical thing. But imagine, she was outcast for 12 years, had no relationships with nobody, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't go to these places of worship just because of something she couldn't help because she bled all the time, because she was viewed as that dirty woman. 
but she heard about Jesus. She heard someone talk about Jesus, and she was just like, man, if I could just touch his robe, if I could just get close enough to him, maybe he would do for me what he did for them. Right? Maybe he would do for me what he did for them. So we talked about it through like our changed life stories. We can help someone. Maybe they can say that same phrase she did and say maybe if I and our friends, that whoever, wherever we work at, while we're mowing yards, while we're at the doctor's office, while we're at Food City, wherever we're working, maybe if somebody heard our changed life stories, maybe they'll be like, well, maybe if I could just sneak in and sit on the back row. Maybe if I just get close enough. Like I heard Jana's story. Maybe if I just get close enough like, like she did, maybe he could do that for me too. But we also approached it from the idea that, you know, maybe like this woman, maybe you thought, think your story is just too nasty to share, right? Like you have a really dirty story. Like how can you imagine, like I, she's, I'm sure she started to believe the lie that she was dirty and nobody wanted her. Here she is, 12 years being rejected. And maybe for us, and maybe your story is, maybe you feel like it's dirty because there's sex, drugs, there's rock, whatever it may be is a part of your story. And we found out last week that Jesus looked down at her when he, she was healed and called her daughter. Maybe for the first time in our lives, maybe our story is that we feel accepted, that our story is not too bad. That's one of my favorite phrases in the Bible is when he looks down at her and says, a daughter made her feel wanted. That was her story. You are a child of the king. Your story is not too dirty to tell. But today we want to answer this question. Which story will I tell? Like, Derek, like I get it that we're supposed to tell our stories, but what do I talk about? What do I share with people? What is, what, is my sto- what is my story? What's the point of it? And as I was getting ready for this sermon, I was kind of reminded of, a, of, of the story of, um, of the Taj Mahal. All right? And this, this prince was madly in love with his wife. Madly in love with his wife. The wife became pregnant and died during childbirth. Okay? And so he builds this little mon- you know, mausoleum for her, but it wasn't good enough. Like, it was just a little, probably not as much bigger than the stage. So he starts ripping stuff out and building bigger. Ripping stuff out, building bigger. Ripping stuff out, throwing the trash away and building this big thing that we have today, which is the picture of what we have today, which is a beautiful mausoleum, right? It's beautiful. Like, I mean, that is gorgeous. But after they got this built, what they decided to do was, like, he wanted to pay his last respects to his wife. So he went down to where her body was, and it was gone. In the midst of ripping things out, her body got thrown away with the trash. So the whole point of this mausoleum is gone. Here's this beautiful structure that we can go see today, but the point is it's gone. What it's supposed to represent is no longer there. And I wonder if for some of us, if our stories, if our stories are, are missing the point, point really. Like if what, maybe it got lost somewhere. 
Maybe it was when we had that tragic accident and we were so worried about other things in life that we forgot about the point. Or maybe it was in that job change, right? You started, and you're, you're not allowed to talk about that here. Okay, well, I'll back up. I won't talk about it. And somewhere the point got lost in the story. The thing that was great got, got replaced with what was good because good can sometimes be the enemy of great. We've, we packed our lives full of good things, but we're missing the point. We're missing this one great thing. So if I was to take a poll this morning, I think if I was to say, what is essential in your story? I think there's a couple of things that, we, that people would throw out there. You know, maybe, maybe heaven. Heaven, eternity is great to talk about, right? Like, where are you going to spend eternity if you were to not die tonight, brother? Why couldn't it be in the morning? Why does it have to be tonight? Right? See, I remember that question being asked to me growing up. And it was like, hey, listen, heaven's this great place. You know, there's streets of gold, the walls and all that. I mean, mansions built. Everything's peaceful. Everything's great. Like, that's something to celebrate. But hell... There's gnashing of teeth there, whatever that means. You know, that means they're biting, okay? Gnashing of teeth, and it's grunting, like, oh, there's pain, there's tears, constant sorrow there. Now, which place would you like to go? That's an IQ test, not a heart test, okay? Well, heaven, of course. So people are like, we need to share about heaven and hell. Okay. No, I know what it is, Derek. We need to share about morality because non-Christians should act like Christians. That's a joke. Let's just share morality with people. This is how you live a moral life. How's that really working out for us? What else? We've got to talk about love because God is love, absolutely. But what about the verses that talk about God being a God of wrath? I mean... Love is a big part of it. Oh, yeah, grace, that's, that needs to be talked about. Salvation, but there's still something missing. Holy Spirit, forgiveness, healing, yeah, all this is good stuff, right? But it's missing something great. And I think for a long time, a lot of our stories, we've missed the point, and the point is Jesus. Guess what? All the stuff in heaven is great. But guess what? What's even better than that? Jesus is there. Forget the streets of gold in the mansion. Like, we have the Savior of the world. We're going to get to stand in front of him. And listen, I'm not going to worry about my mansion. Like the whole verse about, you know, talks about how we'll lay our crowns down at his feet. That's because Jesus is there. See, I've spent the majority of my life thinking that I was good because I didn't miss a church service. I went to youth camps. I remember standing at Kenworth of Tennessee in mom's office going, I'm not working Sundays anymore because I have to be at church. That's where I get my check mark in heaven. See, God, I'm here. And it masked like, you know, hey, listen, I know I slept with this girl this week, but I'm going to go to church Sunday and it's going to be good. See, but Jesus is the story maker. He is the one who gives us our story. Without him, we don't have one. 
And so often we, li- we, we live, or once we leave that, we leave him out of our stories or he becomes thrown away in the trash because it becomes about going to church Sunday. Let's do right. Let's give to charity. Let's do this, do that. And he gets pushed to the back burner and it becomes about what we're able to accomplish in and of ourselves. We live in this pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of culture and it's kind of like that wasn't the point at all. We wear our Christian t-shirts to Christian events. We talk about Jesus when we're around our Christian friends. We, you know, we wear whatever the case may be. And we've missed the point. We've missed the point. We say we give our lives to Jesus. We talk about being a Christian. But we miss the point that is Jesus. We start talking about church attendance start talking about styles of worship we start talking about styles of churches and we miss the point that it's about jesus and it's why john wrote to, in revelations 2 4 you have abandoned the love you had at first you've abandoned the love you've had at first and so and what we begin to do is we start falling in love with our story and less in love with the story maker and so we start believing that our good is based on what we're, on what we're doing and instead of what we're receiving in Jesus. And it's, it kind of reminds me of uh, Mark, this verse sitting in there, but Mark 10, verses 17 and 18 talk about this young ruler guy running up to Jesus and saying, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which is a great question, right? Great question to ask Jesus. But Jesus totally ignores him and says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Like we think what we're doing is good, but it's really just filthy rags without Jesus. It kind of reminds me of Ephesians 2 when it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, and which you once walked, following the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we once lived, and the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our bodies and, and the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Can a dead person do anything about their situation? No. It'd be like, it'd be crazy if we had a casket over here and somebody's laying in it. And I'm just like, man, if Frank would just sit up, everything would be okay. It would be good for him just to sit up. You would think I was drunk. Right? We, we read verses like that and we look at our lives and go, nothing I'm doing is getting me closer because we're missing the point that is Jesus. It's kind of like this. It's like, you know, it's kind of like we get into, we get into a situation and we're like, see, I got, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. See, I went to church Sunday. I went to church Sunday. See, see, I paid. I, I, I gave. To, I gave to charity, and when it comes under pressure, it doesn't hold up. But then we, we think we're fine. But we, we think we're fine, and then so we, we bring it back out and go. Look, you see this? I went to that worship concert. It was great. It was like I raised my hand and I cried. See, I'm good. I'm good, and then it comes under pressure. We're like, oh, like, what am I holding on to? Okay, I, well, I know I went to church Sunday, 
And so why am I having a bad week? Why has the week turned out the way it has? Why, why did I make that dumb decision? Like I went to church Sunday, shouldn't that, like shouldn't that guide me a little bit? And it comes into pressure and it breaks again. It's like our stories have become about our accomplishments which fail. It comes about what we, we've been able to do, but, but, um, it, and, but what happens is when it begins to get under pressure, it, it doesn't hold up. You know, it's kind of like, you know, why am I happy anymore? Well, because happiness is based on happenings in your life, things that go on around you. But joy is set in something that's, that's fixed. That's why Hebrews talks about the cross and Jesus being the anchor of our souls, that no matter what waves come our way, we're, we're held fast to that. And that's a story worth telling. That when, when the waves get rough in our life, when things don't go our way, we have an anchor, and that anchor is our story that's found in Jesus. So what I want to kind of look at today is this, this, this story of these, this group of people that were doing some really good things, like great things. And there's a story found in Acts 17, and it's kind of this, to give you this little background story, it's Paul is traveling through Athens. Paul's traveling through Athens, and the one thing that you've you got to know about Athens is they were on Athens is they were on top of everything. The late, late greatest ideas, the great thoughts about, about humanity, they had several religions there, and it was, it's crazy because all these religions worked together. They were really seeking after some good things, finding the right answers. And they really began to adapt to each other. You have these great philosophers that are discussing, discussing the world around them and how life should be lived. And from all appearances, things were good in Athens. And then Paul rolls in, troubled about some things that are distracting, distracting them, some idols that they had. And so he begins speaking about Jesus and his resurrection, reminding them of, of the true right story because of Athens' interest in all these other religious things. They were distracted from the point. So here we go. We're picking up a story in Acts 17, 19 through 32. Uh, so... He's talked about Jesus a little bit, and it says this. Then they took him to a high council of the city. Come and tell us about these new teachings, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. See, that's just their way. Like they wanted to know the next thing. What's the next thing that I can do to get that check mark in heaven? What's the next thing I can do to please the God of whoever this God is? Verse 21, it should be explained that all the Athenians as well as the foreigners in Athens seem to spend all their time discussing this, the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them and, said, and, said the, and, and addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw many shrines. Leave me here. Many shrines. So Paul here is drawing their attention in, saying, hey, you're doing a bunch of religious stuff. You're doing a lot of good stuff. You're showing up to church. You're giving to charities. You're giving, you're giving to people. You're, you're giving with your hands. You're, 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 you're doing some great things, Shift Church. You're doing some really 
great things. But I think you're missing the point. Derek, I think you're missing the point. And I believe for a long time, us as Christ followers have missed the point. Like, growing up, I remember being, it being all about the right things, saying the right things, and never understanding why. Like, when I would ask questions about something that was different, why was I being, being pushed away? I'll tell you a really easy one. I remember asking a question about end of times. Remember this, Dad? Just asking a question like, hey, I'm reading this. It isn't lining up with what you're saying, so explain this to me. Being told to shut up about what I believed. But why? Like, I'm just interested. I want to learn and I want to grow. Why? Because I, I wanted to make sure that I was saying the right thing, which I still don't say the right things. I screw up a lot. Ask Brittany. Like, my goal growing up was to get the star next to my name on the Sunday school attendance. I'm here. I brought my Bible. I really didn't read my Bible, but I'm going to say I did every day. Yes, I talked to my friend about Jesus, even though I didn't. So I'd get four stars, and I'd get a treat. It was a Rice Krispie treat, I think. I have to ask Mom. She was my Sunday school teacher for part of it. Or I remember sitting in youth group arguing with a bunch of girls. This is when I was in middle school, I mean high school, Driving up to Buffalo Baptist Church was, was a great church. And driving up to Buffalo Baptist Church, sitting in the basement during youth group on a Sunday, discipleship training. She wasn't discipleship training. Um, and getting in an argument with two other girls about who was more mature, me or them. And my right answer was, oh, what did Pastor David preach about this morning? And I still remember First Kings. Okay, first Kings what? I don't know. Well, here's what the sermon was about, blah, 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 blah. And then dropped the mic on them. And I felt like I felt like I just gave the right answer. Going to summer camps, and I missed it. I missed the point. I was missing what was essential, and that is Jesus. Jesus was unknown in my story, and I wonder how many of us are missing Jesus also in our story. Not saying that we're not Christians. I'm just saying maybe he's been left out of our story for so long that we need to declutter some of it. Are we doing the right thing wrong? <laughs> but he goes on, to, you know, he says, For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one, and one, of, one of your altars had the inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since He is the Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man-made temples or man-made stories or what we can do in our lives with our own two hands. And humans can't, human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath and everything, and he satisfies every need. I would not be able to wake up this morning without the hand of God moving. I would not be able to do what I do 
would not be able to get through the things in my life that I go through without his hand guiding me. He satisfies every need. The things that I tried to fill that hole in my heart with, that I thought would fill up that hole that only Jesus could fill up, this is what this is talking about. That he satisfies everything. From one man, he created all nations through the whole world. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. Like this is the God we say that we serve. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us. Let me just pause there for a second. You know, we hear, you hear people talk about all the time, well, Sally's just far, far from God right now. No. Because this is said he's not afar off. Like he's close by. Just call him out. His purpose was in the nations to seek after God, perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of, one of us. For in him we live and we move and exist, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Isn't it crazy that Paul used some of their teaching to show them about God? Like there's truth can be found in many things, because if it's true, then it's God's truth. Right? And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from God or, or from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance. Thank you. About these things in early times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent for their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Paul's story was about Jesus. So here Paul is describing a part of their story. The story that is missing. And that is missing is Jesus. And I'm wondering how many of our stories are missing this. Like, do we talk about Jesus in this way? Like, he picked me up from the shadows. See, oftentimes I read the New Testaments, New Testament, and I see all the life change going on there in the New Testament, and I'm just like, why isn't that happening that way anymore? I mean, they they flipped their culture upside down with the gospel of Jesus, with the stories of Jesus. They had no Christian education system. They didn't have Sunday school. They didn't have Sunday morning services. They didn't have a Bible like we have it today, and they still changed the world. Now, I think it's because they began to tell, the, tell how Jesus had changed their lives. Like, I, they, they threw me down. They caught me in the act of adultery, and they threw me at this Jesus' feet. And they're all holding stones, and I'm just like, I'm about to die. Because according to the law, I should die. But Jesus knelt down and started riding in the sand, saying something to these guys, and all of a sudden I would hear thud, thud, and I was like, is that the rocks hitting me? And I look back, glance back, and they're dropping their rocks. And all of a sudden Jesus picks me up by my chin and says, listen, daughter, go and sin no more. These guys don't condemn you, and I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I got to live a free life because this encounter with Jesus. 
Or what about, you know, the guy over here, he's like, he's been blind for a long time, and he starts talking, this guy starts talking to him, and he, all of a sudden he, the guy spits, and he's like, dude, you spitting on me? And next thing I know, he picks up some mud off the ground, and he starts rubbing his spit and mud in my eyes. And he tells me, I'm like, that's kind of gross, but okay. And he goes and washes it off in, in, the, in the pool, and I can see now. Like, I don't know what the questions that you're asking me. I'm not into that theology stuff. I don't know about this doctrine about what happens on Sundays and what don't happen on Sundays, or what happens on Sabbaths, what don't happen on Sabbaths. All I know is that before Jesus I was blind, but now I can see. Or I had this issue of blood for 12 years, and I felt hopeless, and he called me daughter. That was what they told people. I was fishing on a boat, didn't catch a thing all night long. Has that happened to me recently? <laughs> Jesus, where are you at? Do I cross on the other side of the boat? <laughs> throw, your notes, throw your nets on the other side, okay. Start pulling it in. And Listen, we had no fish to sell at the market the next day, but all I know is this guy from the shore who happened to be Jesus told us to throw our net to the other side, and we couldn't get it in. We had to get help to get it in. And when we got it in, we realized, like, listen, we didn't have to work for the rest of the year because there's so many fish in this net. Or, listen, we thought Jesus was gone. We're sitting in a room scared. Doors locked. And all of a sudden, Jesus just walks up in there and says, don't be afraid. You just walk through a wall, Jesus. He just appeared and says, I've commissioned you. Like he was like a couple days ago, we saw him die. And now he's standing in front of us. He's standing in front of us. Like that's why, that's why they didn't back down when people like they saw Jesus. That was their story. They began to do what what they began to do was tell how Jesus had changed their life, what they had experienced. While for some, he's just an altar to an unknown God. To me, that's Jesus, the guy that you're missing out. All this stuff is good. Go to church. Pay your tithe. Go do this. Go build stuff for the poor in Honduras. Go do this stuff. All that stuff is good, but if you don't have Jesus, it's pointless. It's pointless, really. Pointless. Derek, gee, people don't want to hear about Jesus no more. No, they don't want to hear about your church story. They would like to hear about the guy who could change your life. Because anybody, like, hey, I've tried forever to change my life. And if there's somebody that can, I want to at least hear about it. And that's why in verse 32 it says that after he had went and spoke these things, they said, we want to hear more. We have the story of redemption. We hold the greatest story ever told the story of Jesus that although we didn't deserve it he came and he died for our sin and yes I did say sin because all this oh just bad decisions whatever no sin and like if we were to continue reading the passage we started to from earlier from Ephesians 2 he goes on to say this but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were what? Dead. Like when we didn't deserve it. When we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. Who made us alive? He did. Christ. By grace you have been saved. 
and raised us up with him. Who's him? Jesus. And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. <laughs> That's right. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So even the faith to believe was a gift from God. Like you were so gone. Like you were so way out there that you had to be given the faith to believe to begin with. For those listening online, I just did like hand flares beside my head. Like mind blown. For grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, because nothing we do, no matter the amount of church attendance, no matter what we can do, will ever get us there. And so we, when we can't, when we couldn't, we needed somebody that could, and that could is Jesus. No result of works that no one may boast. And this is the, one of the best passages, passages in the whole Bible. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Like he saved you. He gave you a story so that you could walk in it and share it. That's why we speak of him and him alone in our stories. There's, some, there's something different about you. Yeah, I know, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say that. I know this may make you feel a little awkward right now, but the story is Jesus. The reason I'm different is Jesus. Not because I started a, a fast, not because I went on this new diet, even though I look good. Uh, none of that stuff. Like that, that's not it, okay? The story is Jesus. He changed my life. Yeah, I've been going to church. So going back to church, yeah, I started, um, I started reading my Bible a little bit more. But it's really Jesus that changed my life. While I thought I was afar off, even though I really wasn't, he was there just waiting on me. It's kind of like I can imagine, like, Jesus at the edge of heaven going, oh, Derek, come on. Come on, Derek. Just call me out and I'll be there. Ready? And then, like, it's like, okay, Jesus, I, I realize I can't do this in and of myself, so I need you. Come do your stuff with me. He walks with me. He's my redeemer. He's my savior, my healer. He guides me. When I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling hopeless, I remember the cross and his resurrection. He is my king. Wow, I thought I was afar off. He brought me near. When I didn't deserve it, he saved me. And now I can speak, speak nothing but the greatness of his name. Great is the Lord because he broke every chain that was binding me. That's why I can't speak about church attendance, nor can I speak about charity, because all that does, all that doesn't matter if I don't know you. Because Jesus, you are my story. Do you think the lady at the, the blood issue we talked about, I think she left there going, hey, listen, I did all the work. I walked up to him. I touched his garment. He didn't have to do anything. He was just standing there. No. I bet she left there going, he called me daughter. I imagine these people sitting there going, when Paul was speaking, was going, so you're telling me it's not by my effort that I get to God, but that he came to us, and all I have to do is trust that? Absolutely. The hand thing again. 
but she left there going, Jesus, he called me daughter. He is our story. He is our king. We can be doing all these good things. We can be doing all these good things and miss out on the great thing, the thing that our story is about. So let's not let our stories be the Taj Mahal. Right? And we've ripped out of this, built this beautiful mausoleum, and the point is not in it anymore. Let's not do that. So my question is, in regards to this Jesus, do you know him? Do you know him? Like, do you have a story? Like, when I say know him, like, do you have a story of how he changed your life? And if you don't, I can call you this morning to say, listen, that could happen this morning. He can give you a story this morning. How it is, is Jesus give me a story. Because I want the world to know that you not, not my good things, but that you are great and greatly to be praised. Dear God, I just want to thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. I just pray that, I just pray that as we continue in this service, God, that you are, you are lifted up. That maybe if somebody's here doesn't doesn't know you, don't doesn't have a story yet, I pray that you give them a story this morning. May our ground not be on something that would just burst like balloons. But may you, our king, be what we stand on. And I pray this in your name. Amen.